keeps on doing great things for me. He keeps on doing great things for me. And once again, welcome to another edition of Hope at Home, the Hope World Experience, Hope World Anywhere. We are so glad um, that you have tuned in. Out of all the places, out of all the streams you could be on, uh, we're so glad that you're on here today. You're at the right place um, at the right time, and there is a word for your life. Again, do me a favor. If you have not shared this already, go ahead and share it. Go ahead and tag people in it so they can be blessed by today's worship experience. Go ahead, take a few seconds to get that done. If you haven't greeted anybody in your house this morning yet, find somebody around your house and greet them. Tell them good morning. Tell them hello. Ask them, where is breakfast? Amen. Amen. You can eat naturally and eat spiritually at the same time. Praise the Lord. Amen. So greet somebody around you. Um, again, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Just want to remind you of something real quick. I'm excited about this. Um, this coming Saturday from 10 to 12 p.m., 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., um, it's an opportunity for you to come um, and just do a meet and greet, a drive-by here at the church, uh, pick up your, your communion supplies for the rest of the year, um, grab your Sunday school book, grab some ties and offer an envelope and just give me a quick wave, a quick hello, a quick something. I'm always trying to find creative ways to safely see your faces because I miss you so much. Um, so join through, come on through, drive through um, this coming Saturday uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and pick up those essential items for you and it'll be so good to see your smiling faces. Listen, we are in part three um, of our series entitled um, This Is Us. We're talking about the family and thus far this has been a blessing. Amen. I appreciate the emails, the text messages of people. I'm just sharing how much the series is blessing them. And so I thank God for that. I thank God for it. And if you got your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 24 um, through 35. Verses 24 through 35. Find that real quick in your Bible. Um, amen. So that we can be able to journey uh, and see what the Lord has to say. And so the past two Sundays, we have been looking at marriage and just sharing uh, what the word of God has to say when it comes to marriage. We're trying to we're trying to bring marriage back. We want to make marriage great again. Tackling those issues when it comes to submission. So using so using Sundays to be able to be that teaching platform, and using Wednesdays to be um, our equipment, our tool, add some tools to our tool belts um, to help us. Whether it's with our marriage or with somebody else's marriage, or someone that's thinking about marriage and being able to share with them, having the tools to share with them the word of God and what God has to say about that. So we've been doing that um, the past two weeks. It's been great. It's been awesome. I, I've appreciated um, just the, um, the conversations that we've been having on Wednesdays during our midweek Bible study. It has been great. It has been refreshing. And so today we continue in this series entitled um, This Is Us Part 3. But I want to talk to my singles today. All the singles say something. I know I can't hear you, but just say something. Say something while you're there. Make some noise. Wake somebody up in the house. Amen. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure. I got a boo. You're still single. You're not married. Go ahead and make some noise. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge um, and to encourage our singles today. So again, join with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 24 through 35. I'm going to read this, read these verses real quick because I want you to be able to just get the full scope of what Paul has to say here to the church here at Corinth. It says, each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Now, regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted and I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think it's best to remain as you are, to remain as you are. If you have a wife, don't seek to end the marriage. If you don't have a wife, don't seek to get married. But if you did get, if you do get married, it's, 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 if you do get married, it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it's not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I'm trying to spare you these problems. Verse 29. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should focus, should not, should not focus only on their, should not, I'm sorry, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. Please listen to what Paul has to say. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. 
An unmarried man can spend his dime doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man, get this, a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and, and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I want to use as a topic this morning, maximizing your singleness, maximizing um, your singleness, maximizing your singleness. Pray with me. Father God, we just thank you once again for your word. God, we thank you for the power and the authority of your word. God, we thank you for the might of your word and how you use your word, Father God, that when we apply it to our lives, it transforms our entire lives. So, Father God, I speak blessings over every family. I speak blessings over every marriage. I speak blessings over every single. Lord God, I pray that your word, that your word, that your word will be a light, God. That it will give them some direction, much needed direction during this time. And give them some clarity that they need. We've already made up in our minds that whatever it is your word is calling us to do, we're going to obey it. And we're going to obey it with the right attitude so that we can get the right results. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen maximizing your singleness maximizing your singleness now let me paint a picture for you we all have that desire that one day our hope and our prayer is that we can have a nice little love seat have a spouse on this side Got a dog named Winky on this side, or you could do like Carrie does. She comes up with new names all the time. We bought a fish a few weeks ago, and out of all the names she could have named her fish, she picked to name her fish Lionel for whatever reason. I don't even know where she heard of the name Lionel from, but that's what she named the fish. So let's go back. We're not going to name our dog Winky, but we're going to name him Lionel. Amen. So you have a, spice on, a spouse on this side. You got a child on your spouse's lap. You got a child on your lap, and you have a dog on your right, or a cat, or or, or a camel, whatever you whatever you prefer name Lionel that's what you have your pet you got a family pet named Lionel that is the goal that is what we have painted the picture and our culture now as the American dream to have a nice job to have a nice 401k plan to have a spouse to have children to have a boy and a girl to have some type of family pet that the kids can be able to share great stories about and we hype all of that up and what has happened now in our culture and in our society that now this has become the main thing that something is wrong with you if you're at a certain age and you don't have a spouse granted they push you to get married now that you have a spouse something's wrong with you because you don't have any kids yet so yeah you don't have a kid on your spouse's lap you don't have a kid on your lap now there's something wrong with you because you don't have a family pet so you're torn in between you're messed up mentally you're messed up emotionally because you don't know which way to go you don't know what to do and I have to go ahead and throw this in there as well that the church the body of Christ we we really have not done uh, 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 we really not have done a good job at helping our singles to be able to embrace where they are we have pushed the whole thing about marriage and having kids and having a good job but what we have failed to do we have failed to give biblical instructions on how to be able to maximize being by yourself. Here's the one thing. I got to come out the gate and say this real quick. Here's the one thing I want you to know. And it's going to be on the screens in just a second. Singleness is not a death sentence. Being single is not a curse from Satan. Being single does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Being single does not mean that nobody doesn't want you. Being single, what Paul tells us and what he uses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 to help us to understand. If you look at verse 24, it talks about that we have to embrace. We have to embrace where, where God first called us to, where he has us at, at the present moment. So my aim, my goal is to help us to get this, get this. Please don't miss what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. There is nothing wrong with desiring to have a spouse, a kid on your spouse's lap, a kid on your lap, 
and a pet named Lionel. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing wrong with it at all. But before you move to this area, make sure that you have maximized the totality of your singleness because when you get to this part I know I know you just waiting I know you can't wait because you already have on your dream who your bridesmaids going to be who your groomsmen's going to be where your wedding is going to be what you want me to wear for the wedding person I like the match the, I like the match the wedding party so you let me know and we're going to match together amen I like doing that you already know what everybody's going to wear you already know what food you want Carla to cook how you want the church to be decorated but before you get there I have to let you know there are are a lot of responsibilities that come with marriage and let me tell you this the only the one the only benefit that we look at when it comes to marriage should not just be sex it's great. It's good. It's, it was created to be within the confines of marriage but that should not be your main aim and goal and getting marriage because and getting married because once the thrill is gone what you gonna do? Right. You got to work. You, 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 you got to pay bills. That's it. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot sex your way through paying your bills. I'm sorry. I, I, you can't do it. You can't do it. You, you, you cannot just sex your way in getting the needs met for your family. It, it's, not that, it's not that simple. It will not just take care of everything. There are responsibilities that come along with this. Yes. Now somebody said, well, Pastor, technically there is a way to be able to do that. You're right, but we're not going to talk about that. Praise the Lord. We're not going to talk about that. But we're going to look at how do I maximize my singleness and where I'm sitting. I got to go ahead and just make an apology from the body of Christ that we have not done well as a church at helping singles to be able to embrace right where they are and not look at them as if they have leprosy and there's something wrong with them because they're not married, because they're 36 or 37 and they're not married and they don't have any kids. I'm sorry and I apologize for churches and people that have demonized you and put you off and had you as a castaway because you have not reached that milestone in your life but help please go with me as I help you to maximize right where God has you right. Paul writes this to the church of Corinth because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on I mean you gotta read the whole chapter and even go back to chapter 6 and read everything that's going on I mean there's sexual immorality going on I mean people are marrying their stepmoms and the church are not saying anything at all I mean they just going with it and allowing it to happen Paul has to come in and Correct. Correct. Uh-huh. I said, wait a minute, what are y'all doing? I mean, people out here just acting a plum fool. Everybody is sleeping with everybody. Everybody is trying to get with everybody. And the church is being silent. It's happening right there within the church. And nobody is saying anything. Paul says, hey, let me write a letter to help bring some order and some structure to things so that we can be in line with God's word and God's will for our lives. Once again, singleness is not a death sentence. I want you to take that, take that pressure off yourself right now. Take that pressure off yourself right now. Stop, stop, stop allowing the outside external pressures and pressuring you and trying to move towards something that you may not even be ready for. I said this on Wednesday and I will say it again. Marriage is not for kids. Anybody that's married, anybody that's ever been married, you know what I'm saying. Marriage is not for kids. This is not some game of double judge that you can just jump in and jump out when you want to. No, when you make those vows, you said, till death do us part. This is a lifelong commitment through hell, through rain, through whatever. Sickness, debt, that we're going to ride this thing out together. So before... You go wishing and crying and begging God to give you this. Ask God, Lord, help me. Help me to maximize. What does, what does the word maximize mean, Pastor? To make full use of where I am right now. Here it is. Paul does not leave us alone. Paul shares some wisdom. Paul shares some wisdom. Paul shares some wisdom uh, with us. Here it is, some wisdom on how to be able to maximize our singleness. Here's the first thing that Paul tells us right here. Look at verse 24 through 25, 24 through 26. It says, each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. 
Now, regarding your questions about young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord for you, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share with you uh, because of the present crisis. I think it's best for you to remain where you are, to remain, remain as you are, to remain as you are. I love the wisdom that Paul gives right here. I like what he says in verse 25. He's already letting people know, hey, listen, I'm sharing with you wisdom that I have. Now, he's, he's putting it out there real quick because he wants people to know that Jesus has not said this. It's wisdom that I am sharing that he has given me to be able to share with y'all. He did not say, hey, he, Jesus himself did not write this verse, but I am sharing wisdom with you on what he desires for you to be able to do in your life. Look at verse 24. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, remain as you are. When, first, when God first calls you, here's the first thing that you got, that you must do in order to be able to maximize your singleness. Be used right where you are. Uh-huh. Be used right where you are. That's what Paul is telling him right there in verse 24. He said, I need you. I need you to embrace where you are. I need you to embrace who you are right now. Right where? Now. And I need you to change your perspective to see this thing, not as a duty, but to see this as a call. That's right there in the Bible. It's right there in the latter part of verse 24. He said, I need you to, you should remain as you were when God first called you. Pastor, what are you talking about? When you look at the Bible before, before God brought Adam and Eve together, Adam was by himself. By himself. All right. Adam had to embrace his singleness before God created Eve. Adam had to learn some things on his own before God brought Eve into his life. Adam had to embrace his first call as a single before he became right. a husband. God wants to use you right where you are. God wants to maximize your life right where you are. God wants you to live your best life right where you are. You don't have to wait until you get married. You don't have to wait until you get kids. You don't have to wait until you get the house or the job or the pet name Lionel. You can live your best life right here, right now. God wants you to embrace. God wants you to maximize right where you are. What is it that God is calling you to do right now in your singleness? What is it that God is trying to get you to do right now in your singleness? Could it be, could it be, could it be, thank you, Holy Ghost, that, we, that we're missing, that we're missing, that we're missing hearing the instructions of God and what he wants us to do because we're so overwhelmed about a dream life. That's become a fantasy, and we fantasize about it all the time. Pastor, well, you're confusing me because are you saying, you just told me earlier, there's nothing wrong with desiring. You're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with desiring, but don't allow your desires to distract you from where you are right now. All right. Don't allow your desires to distract you from the moment right now, the present moment that you are right now. He said, I need you to embrace where you are. I need you to be used. Right where you are. Theologians say that there's some persecution that's going on right here within the church of Corinth. And Paul is telling the church, hey, if there's persecution that's going on, it's best for you to be by yourself. One theologian put it this way. He said, hey, if the persecution that's going on and someone comes to you and say, I want you to denounce Christ. I want you to say that you no longer rely or trust in the name of Jesus Christ. As a single, it would be easy for you to be able to do that. But if you have a family and they say, hey, I want you to denounce Christ and not rely upon him as your savior or I will take out your whole entire family. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the true test will begin right then to see if you really love the Lord because you will be torn. Do I, do I hold on to my faith or do I save the life of my family? Paul says, mm -hmm. for that reason, it's best for you to remain as you are. Get this. Your best life, it's going to be in a slide just a second. Your best life doesn't start when you get married. Your best life starts when you get saved. Yes. Your best life 
does not begin. You have not lived life. You, please take it out of your mind. I know what we see on TV. I know what we see on these reality TV shows. Oh, they have these beautiful weddings. I mean, they spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, they've flown in top artists to sing at their wedding and everything is great. Everything is good. Oh, it looks so lovely. They look so happy together. They're crying at the altar. Please don't be fooled by things that people are making up on TV that you build this within your mind that if you don't have that, if you don't have the $100,000 wedding that, hey, you have not lived yet. No, please understand this and know that your best life does not start when you get married. Your best life starts when Jesus saved you and redeemed you so that you can be able to work for him. The whole point of your life, get this, I know I'm going to make somebody mad, but please stay on. The whole point of your life is not for you to get married. It's not for you to be a millionaire. The whole point of your life is to live your life in a way that God receives all the glory and honor from your life. The purpose of your life is to live a godly, holy life that is pleasing to him. Uh, Brother Cornelius was here right now. He'd be in the back and say, Preach swims. I feel you, Brother Cornelius. I don't know if you're watching now, but I feel you, sir. I feel you. I feel you. The purpose of your life is not just to get married. You can't embrace where you are. Oh my gosh, you got you, you to you embrace where you are. How does God want to use you right now? How, how, I'm, I'm not trying not to jump ahead of myself, but how does God want to maximize your life right now? What is it that God wants to do in your life right now that you have the freedom to be able to do? He says, not only, not only should we be used right where we are, but secondly, you got to, you got to consider what lies ahead. You got to think about this thing. <laughs> you, marriage should not be something that you rush into. Right. Something you got to think about. Look at what he says. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. It's right here in the Bible. Look at what he says in verse 27. If you have a wife, don't seek to end the marriage. If you don't have a wife, don't seek to get married. But if you do get married, it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it's not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have problems, will have troubles. And I'm trying to spare you for some problems. <laughs> Pastor, you're discouraging me from marriage. I'm not trying to discourage you from marriage. I'm trying to get you to maximize your singleness and to really think this thing out. You have to consider and think about what lies ahead. Paul says, Paul says, hey, 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 here's what I need you to do. I don't need you out there just all willy-nilly trying to find a spouse. Uh-huh. He said, if you're married, cool. If you're not married, cool. If you get married, it's cool. He says, but I need you to understand the fact, I need you to understand that, hey, this is not something that you should just do casually. All right. No, 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 no. You got to think about this thing because you are getting ready to come into covenant and come into a commitment that, 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 that you are not in the eyes of God. That God says that you legitly, you, that, that this thing is legitly ended through death. You, you're coming into alignment with someone and you're connecting your life and saying, I want to do life with this person as long as we both shall live. You're making a life called lifelong commitment. To spend the rest of your life with someone until death separates you. Paul says, look at what he says in the latter part of verse 28. He said, however, those who get married this time, he said, you're going to have some troubles. And he said, I'm trying to spare you those problems. Marriage is going to come with some trouble. Mm-hmm. Marriage is going to come with some problems. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, hey, before you shift your mind that way, I really need you to consider what lies ahead. Keep that in your focal point. But don't miss the moment that you have right now to maximize your singleness, to maximize your singleness. Here it is. Let me encourage you real quick. It's going to be on the screens in a second. Don't allow pressure from society, family, and friends push you into a premature marriage. 
I, I, don't, I, I, I don't care what you see on TV. I don't care what the reality TV show is. I don't care if it is your favorite reality TV star. I don't care what family member it is. I don't care. It does not matter what your friends are saying. It does not matter what you are seeing around you because everything that glitters is not gold. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. We think that we think that the grass is greener on the other side, but one person put it this way that really the grass is greener where you water it. So don't look at what other people are doing. Don't look at what other people have gone on in their lives and allow that to push you and to pressure you into something that you are not ready for. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Y'all know I have a story to go with everything. The Holy Ghost just works with me like that. I have a story to go with everything. I would never forget. Sister Swims and I was dating. Had been, had been some time. I'll be honest. It had been, it had been a little while. Been a little minute. And I know her desire and her and her goal was to be Mr. to be Mrs. Christopher E. Swims. I knew it. I know we had talked about it. We had talked about it. And so one day, her grandfather, the late Bishop H. E. Cawthon Sr., called me over to the house. I never forget. He called me over to the house. He said, "Preacher Swims, I can't do his voice real good. Preacher Swims, I need you to come by the house." I said, oh, God, man, what is it that Bishop won't? Because normally if he wanted me to drive him somewhere, he'll just say, hey, I got to go to the service. Can you drive me or whatever? That was the case. I get to the house. And so uh, Bishop Cawthon sent me in the house, and he begins to talk to me. He said, you know, preacher, I, I, I believe that you court to marry. He said, and, and Elder Corey, you know, you know what I'm talking about, sir. He's, he said, I don't believe, this was his term. He said, I don't believe in sanctified playboys, is what he told me. That's what he told me. He said, I don't believe and sanctify a playboy. So in essence, he was asking me what intentions did I have with his granddaughter. He went on to tell me, I, I don't think it's a good look either for a pastor to be single and they're still dating or whatever the case may be. And I had to reassure Bishop. I said, Bishop, I understand everything that you're saying. You are absolutely right in everything that you are saying. You know, we're taking our time. We got this thing lined out. We got this thing all together. And he began, I didn't realize Bishop knew how long we've been together. He began to remind me how long we had been together. <laughs> and that's just to let me know, hey, Reverend, your time. I don't, I don't know what they do in the back church but in the sanctified church you should have been married by now <laughs> I took it I took what he said I, I took his wisdom I began to think about some things but and, and I go back I'm thankful for what he said because of what he was doing he was doing he was doing a godly thing and covering his granddaughter and protecting his granddaughter and finding out what are the intentions of this young man with my granddaughter because I know what she is I know what she's going to become and I don't want anyone to waste over her or to waste her time right so I plan to do the same thing with Carrie and with Kenny. But I'm so glad at the same time that I did not allow what he was saying to push me into marriage. Because truth be told, if I had married when he said to do so, we probably wouldn't be married right now still. All right. Or we would have been married and miserable. Because I would have been marrying her out of love. I would have been marrying her out of pressure. <laughs> Don't allow pressure from society oh you're 30 and you're not married you're 35 and you're still not married you're 40 you're married but you still ain't got no kids what's going on don't you guys want kids don't you guys want a pet name Lionel what's going on is there something wrong with you don't allow pressure from family and friends who may mean well pressure you into something. Get this, that they won't have to live through, but you'll have to live through it. All right, you're saying something. Don't allow. And please, please, ma'am, please, sir, be, be wise as well that you're looking at the context of the individual that's pressuring you. What does their marriage look like? I mean, you, you, you pressure me to get married, but if truth be told, if I got to live off of your defini definition of marriage, I'm going to be like Paul and stay by myself. Because your definition of marriage and what your marriage looks like is not what I want. And I'm willing to wait and to, and to stay where I am and remain as I am until God says otherwise. All right. Got to consider what lies ahead. Pastor, what lies ahead? Trouble. <laughs> what lies ahead? Problems that you will have 
when you enter into the covenant of marriage. Pastor Swams, you are confusing me because you just said that marriage was a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. You have to understand it. It is a beautiful thing. But when you have two imperfect people with flaws, uh -huh. with deficiencies, uh -huh. No matter how fine they are, no matter what their shape is like, no matter what they're built is like, two people with flaws and deficiencies come together. There's going to be some problems right. and there's going to be some trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. Paul says, consider, consider what lies ahead. And please, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I'm like Jesus and Paul. I'm not saying this over and over again because I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm saying it because I really want to open up your eyes and really want to call you to this so that you can wake up and really, and, and really understand what I'm saying. Don't let nobody pressure you into something that you're not ready for. And don't make the mistake. I may go a little far with using that word mistake, but don't get married just because y'all had a baby together. All right. Yeah, you, you, you ain't got to get married and you ain't got to stand before the church and apologize. You didn't sleep with the church. You slept with one person. Don't do it out of pressure because you had a child. You had a child, but you don't have to go and marry somebody because in the, in the, in the conception of that child, that may have just been a one-time fling. I was lonely, you was lonely, we hooked up. That was supposed to be it, but a child came. I don't have to take this as a father and marry you. And then there was a holy hush in the sanctuary. Well, duh, pastor, ain't nobody there. So here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. God wants you to maximize your singleness by being used right where you are. God wants you to maximize your singleness by considering what lies ahead. Here it is, real short. Number three, but God wants you to maximize your singleness in realizing that time is short. Time is short. Look at verse 29. He says, but let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or rejoice, who or who buy things, should not be observed by the weeping or or by or, or, or the joy or their possessions. For those who use for, for, for uh, those who use the things of the world should not be should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. Paul says, "Hey, time is short." He said, this world is crazy. I don't know if Paul was talking about 2020 or not, but he said, this world is passing away and it's trouble and it's problems and it's chaos and it's confusion. It's a mess. It's crazy. He said, time is of the essence. Here it is. Here it is. Stewardship. God wants you to be a good steward of the time that he has allotted to you. During your time of singleness, how can you be a good steward of your time? During your time of singleness, how can you maximize your singleness by maximizing your life. Well, go ahead. What can you what can you be doing right now? I know why, why, why don't you since you're by yourself, why don't you just go ahead and get you another degree? Since you by yourself, why don't you go ahead and start the business with your bad self? Since you by yourself why don't you go ahead and knock off your bucket list? Even in a pandemic, knock it off. Go, go, go on a cross-country trip. Why not do it? You're working, you're working from home. Go somewhere, get you some good internet and log in. He says, time is short. Here it is. Don't overwhelm your mind with marital issues when you're not married. <laughs> All right. Because time is short, and if I am to stay where the Lord has me at right now, and if that state is singleness, I have to be balanced in my thinking and not concern myself <laughs> about marital problems when I'm not married. Well. You're building up anxiety for something that you shouldn't even be anxious about because you're not in it. Wow. Go ahead. You're overwhelming your mind 
about issues that are not even issues because you ain't married. And because the time is short, Paul says, verse 31, those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. He says, he says, he says in other words, I have to keep eternity in view. I, 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 gotta, I gotta keep that in my mind. Even as a single, I don't have as much time as I thought. I can plan out everything and I don't have as much time. And we don't realize that we don't have as much time as we think we have until we come face to face with the reality of death. Did a funeral yesterday for a young man, 43 years old. Life, gone. And the small chapel at the funeral home encouraged the people, letting them know that you don't have as much time as you think you have. Right. So you gotta maximize the time that you have right now and you have to keep heaven in your view. You got to keep heaven. I hear my aunt Sandra singing, I got to keep heaven in my view and realizing, hey, I can be married or be single, but the last thing I don't want to do is to close my eyes on this side and wake up in hell. Yes, thank you, God. I know that's right. Oh, I know, I know we got these new thoughts out there, but there is a heaven and there is a hell. So don't overwhelm your mind with marital issues when you're not even married. I got to hurry up because I'm getting on y'all on nerves and y'all watching the clock and seeing that it's five minutes to 11. Let me hurry up. Here it is. Well, look at what Paul says here. Last thing that Paul says to help us to be able to maximize our singleness. Here it is. He says, enjoy your freedom. Lord, have mercy. Look at verse 32. I need somebody to shout that in the house. Enjoy your freedom. Find somebody around your house and tell them, enjoy your freedom. Now, I don't need spouses to get mad at each other at this point, okay? You with them. You love them very much. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Say, say we can enjoy some new freedoms together. Amen. You can enjoy it together. Look at verse 32. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking on how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer married or who has ever been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married man has to think about her, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please a husband. I'm saying this, I am saying this for your benefit not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever whatever will help you serve the Lord best well. with as few distractions as possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Paul said it real simply. I, I, I want you to enjoy your freedom. freedom. He says, in singleness, you're not divided in your decisions. He says, in singleness, you're not divided in your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. He said, in singleness, your aim is to please me. Your goal is to please me. Wow. Your, 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 your advantage is to live a godly life before me in spirit and in body. That I can be glorified in and through your life freely. 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 He says you're not divided in your mind. He says because when you get married, your aim is still to please God, but now you have to cut it in half because you have earthly responsibilities that you have to take care of. Right. I got to please the Lord and I have to take care of my earthly responsibility. It is the great balancing I got to live a life that's pleasing to God, but I have to make sure that the welfare of my family is taken care of. 
Ooh, I, I wish I had some married couples to help me preach this this morning. I need, if you're watching, I need you to throw your hands up, take a picture of you falling out in the floor, do something to let me know that you are in a full agreement in what I'm saying. When you are married, it changes the whole game because now I got to please God, but I also have to make sure that I'm walking in partnership and walking in unity with my spouse. Right. Can't make the excuse. Well, I got to take care of the house of the Lord. I, I, I got a ministry I have to do, but ministry should never come before your family. Well, So I got to have the great balance and act mm -hmm. to please God. And while I'm pleasing God, to ask God for the wisdom to help me to steward my marriage and my family well. So when you're single, saints, come on, single saints, say something to me this morning. I, I, if you don't, I'm going to walk right down this aisle to the camera and point at you. Say something to me this morning. Listen, hey, singles, now you have the great opportunity now to embrace and to enjoy your freedom that you have. I like the way, I like the way Dr. Tony Evans puts this because he says, he says this, he says, he says here's the reality of the decisions that you have to make. Either you want slavery with sex or you want celibacy with freedom. Slavery, Paul, you look at the King James Version, it talks about that when you're bound, that when you're bound, not to be, not to be used in a derogatory way, but that when you are married, you are bound to that person, you're connected with that person, you're, you're enslaved to that person. He says, hey, but, uh, Dr. Evans says, hey, here it is, either you want slavery with sex Oh, you want celibacy with freedom. And here it is. Here, here, here's how society has just really just warped our thinking and our minds and our morals and our values. Society says, okay, let's take what Dr. What Dr. Evans says and let's go ahead and rearrange this and put together the perfect package. Let me get a tad bit of freedom and let me get a little bit of that sex too. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. We rearrange it not to please God, right. but we rearrange and adjust Amen. to please our flesh. Amen. So we say, I want, I want, give me, give, give me, give me a number, a number four with some freedom and give me two sides of sex. Because I'm not going to go through my singleness only with freedom and have some celibacy. Mm -hmm. No, I want some freedom and some sex. And I know, I know, I know what society has sold us. I know what we see on TV. But let me tell you this. I know it sounds old school. I know it sounds old school. But God's way is still the right way. 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 Because if you embrace this moment in your life of being single, you are embracing being celibate. There's no option, there's no choice, there's no multiple choice, there's no, let me go do another option. No, if you are in singleness, you ain't getting none. Oh, Pastor, did you just, yes, 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 I did just say it. Because God's way is the best way. Marriage, in all of its greatness, it's simply a beautiful distraction. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's great. But it's a beautiful distraction. Because I'm having to, having to depend upon the Lord to teach me and to show me how to balance everything. But I don't have to worry about that until that time comes. But according to the state that I'm in by being single, Lord, help me to maximize right where I am. Yeah. In other words, what the great Apostle Paul said to help me to be content. Help me to be content. You're not desperate. 
You're not, you, 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 you don't have to be desperate. You don't have to settle just to get something because, to get somebody because they said you're cute. Hey, Jesus thought you was to die for. Can they top that? You, you ain't got to be impressed with the dinner to Red Lobster. Come on, you're 30 plus years old. You still get excited about going to Red Lobster in, in your 30s? Hey, let's go to Ruth Chris or something. Hey, let, let, let's take this up a notch. You don't have to settle and just get something or get someone just to, for the sake of having somebody. But Pastor, you don't understand. My, 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 my clock is ticking and I don't know if... I ever be able to have kids. Pastor, is it cool if I just go ahead and just get with somebody to have some kids just to? If you happen to ask me my opinion, then you already know that maybe what you're thinking about doing may not be right. Can you fully maximize and embrace where you are right now in your singleness? Paul said the best, I had to learn how to be content. It didn't just happen, I had to learn it. Can the Lord help you? Can you allow the Lord to help you be content right where you are? To help you maximize right where you are? It's not a death sentence. You were made in the likeness and the image of God. God, made, God has made no mistakes about where you are in life right now. And it's all about perspective. Change your perspective from, Lord, why you ain't sitting nobody yet? And ask yourself, Lord, what are you protecting me from? Who are you protecting me from? Could it be that the Lord knows if I bring somebody in your life right now, your purity will be broken. If I bring somebody in your life right now, you'll be totally distracted. They will become a priority over me in your life. Lord, what do you want to do in me at this time, in this moment in my life? Could it be he's using this as a classroom to teach you how to love yourself? Helping you to See yourself as an adventure that you're learning yourself all over again. I'm telling you, embrace this freedom because here it is. Once you get married and have the beautiful wedding, you still won't be content. Because now you want that dream house. Once you get the dream house, you still won't be content. Because now you want a kid. Once you get the marriage, the beautiful way in the dream house and a kid, now you want another kid. Then once you get the kids, you want the bomb looking car. Then once you get the car, then you want the bomb job to pay for the car. And the list goes on and on. And you're never satisfied. You, you, you live your life going after and never becoming. And never living in the moment. Man, embrace where you are. Maximize, make full use of where you are. At this time, at this moment in your life. It's good and it's okay to desire this. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Have a spouse, kid in their lap, a kid in your lap, and a pet named Lionel on the side. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But before you get here, let the Lord teach you how to be a successful single. Let him work on you. Because certain ways you have as a single ain't gonna fly being married. You can't be married and live like you're single. You gotta let the Lord do a work in your heart. I like what Reverend Stephen Thurston says. He says, and this is for application, don't get married 
until you're finished being single. Don't say I do until you have made full use of your singleness. Man, it's just you. Take a trip. Quarantine two weeks when you get back. That's all we ask. Go somewhere. Do something. Enjoy where you are. In God's timing, everything will come together and you will thank God that you waited. You'll thank God that you waited. Let me pray for you. Because I know, I know, I get it. Pastor, I'm lonely. This pandemic is making it even worse because I can't get with folks like I normally would. I can't get with my community of people like I would before. So I need, I need somebody. I need something. Let me pray that you will rely upon the Lord to help you, that you will lean on him. In your moments of being desperate, in your moments of picking up the call and just trying to get a, just trying to get a nice little hookup. That you remind yourself it's not worth it to break. To break my morals. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single right now. Whether it's one that's single because they've never been married or one that's single due to the separation of death. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will lean on you so that you can be able to empower them to maximize right where they are. To embrace where they are in the moment. To really think this thing through because relationships take work, marriage takes work, time, effort. I pray right now, Father, that you help them. Even those that are struggling in their flesh, Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will help them, Lord God, help them to have self-control. And to be reminded that their bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I pray they will surround themselves with wise counsel, wise couples, wise singles, oh God that will encourage them to maximize where they are to help them be balanced to invite them in to get a closer look of what, what they desire what it really looks like and what it really entails I put them into your hands now God in Jesus name amen and amen listen we're getting ready to go but I 